Glory to God. Praise God. Hallelujah. He's good. Praise God. So, as y'all know, we've been talking about Mark chapter 4 for the past four weeks. This is the fifth week. Oh, I love it. I love teaching these 9 a.m. services. This is a ch- the cherry on the... What, what, the Cherry on top, sure. <laughs> Whatever. You know what I'm saying. The icing on the cake, the cherry on the milkshake, whatever. Go ahead and turn to Mark chapter 4. So as you know, we've been talking about the seed of the word. And so this has become such revelation to me personally, and that is the only reason why I would preach it to you. The only time really that you should be sharing the word is if it's real and alive to you. If something's real and alive to you, it'll be real and alive to the hearers. But if it's not real and alive to you, it'll be dead to the hearers as well. And so this has been such a revelation to me, and uh, I'm glad I get to share it. So Mark 4, we're going to go back through. Now you know each week we've been going through the different types of soil, or lack thereof. And today we're getting into the last kind of soil. This is exciting because this is the soil that produces fruit. Amen. So we're going to read from Mark chapter 4. We're going to read 3, 3 to 9, and then 13 to 20. All right, Mark 4, 3. Listen, behold, a sower went out to sow. And it happened as he sowed that some seed fell by the wayside, and the birds of the air came and devoured it. Some fell on stony ground. Where it didn't have much earth, and immediately it sprang up because it had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, it was scorched because it had no root, and it withered away. And then some seed, this is the third kind, fell among the thorns. The thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded nothing. No crop, no fruit, nada. Fourth type of seed, I mean fourth type of ground. The seed fell on good ground, and it yielded a crop that sprang up, increased, and produced some 30, 60, and some 100. And he said to them... He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Jesus is saying, if your spiritual ears are open, then you're going to receive this word and it will bear fruit in your life. But your spiritual ears must be open. You know, when I was driving here this morning, actually, I thought this, and it's real cute because it rhymes, but it's really powerful, so I want to share it. If, if you take the information that's in the word and you make it your meditation, it will become revelation to you. I'm going to say that again. That's powerful. If you take the information that's in the word and you make it your meditation, it will become revelation to you. But the problem with many folk is that if you don't bring it from information to meditation, it won't become revelation to you. And so some people leave it in the information realm. Some people, and this is who Jesus is talking here, he says, he who has spiritual ears open, he who takes this word and meditates on it, he who takes this word and makes it your own, eats it, puts it on the inside of you, and you water it, those are the ones that will receive from this word. But those who are like the first type of ground we talked about the first week is that the seed came, the sower uh, sowed the seed, and birds came and devoured it. This is Satan. Actually, let's um, let's keep reading and it'll say exactly what it is. Verse 13 to 20. He said to them, how do you not understand this parable? How will you understand all the parables? So he's saying this is the Mac Daddy of all parables. If you don't understand this, you don't understand anything in the word, is what he's saying here. The sower sows the word. And these are the ones by the wayside where the word is sown. When they hear Satan comes immediately, takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. 
when we talked about that first week, we talked about the ways that people, the work can go in one ear and out the other. The ways that Satan can cause people to not even receive the word at all. And that comes to wrong doctrine. You came from somewhere and they said, God doesn't heal. God doesn't restore, whatever it is. And so you hear the word and immediately you kick it out. You immediately kick it out your brain. That's just one of the ways, but we're going to keep going. The other type, it says in verse 16, these likewise are the ones sown on stony ground. So the second type is stony ground. When they hear the word immediately, they receive it with gladness. Verse 17, they have no root in themselves. So they only endure for a little bit, only a time. And then afterward, when tribulation and persecution arises for the word's sake, immediately they stumble. So we talked about that second week. These kind of people are ones that hear the word and they are glad about it. And that's good. You come to church and you say, wow, pastor, you know, preached a good message. We're building the believer. Come on. It was good. (laughs) Awesome. Excited. And what happens is they get excited and too early before they have any root, before they actually get established in this truth, they'll run with it before it's actually established. So Satan, he comes to steal the word. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Anything that's taken the word is going to be a derivative of Satan. It's going to be something from his kingdom in the darkness. It's going to be Satan or, or his angels. And so... It says that they get, you get excited about the word, but the moment that tribulation or persecution arises, immediately you stumble. This is like when we talked about it that week, the two houses. Winds and waves will come to both houses, but only one is built on, this, on the rock. One is built on sand. And the one that's built on sand, the reason he used sand there is because sand is changing. Sand is moving. People are constantly moved, constantly changed if you're following things like your feelings. You're following things like the economy and how the world is going. If you're going to do things the way the rest of the world does it, the world's not stable. They're very unstable, actually. Very. If you know anyone who's, who's not in the word, which I'm sure you do and you should because you be discipling people yeah I'm sure you got family members right they are unstable these people are unstable I mean they just rock with anything everything's going this way they go this way everything goes right everything doesn't go right for them and it's one thing after the other and they're just completely moved by every circumstance but praise God he's given us authority he's given us his God nature that we rule above circumstances Amen? amen praise God but this is talking about here, those who get excited about the word, so they're like, well, that's, that's good, that's the first step. But it happens is, if you don't let it take root, you don't take the time to meditate on it till it becomes a revelation to you, you will not, and if you don't use it, actually use that word, act on that word, till it becomes a foundation of your life, till it becomes a root system on the inside of you, then any amount of wind, any amount, it doesn't take a hurricane to knock over a tree that has no roots. Yeah. It just takes the slightest amount of wind, if it has no roots, to knock over a tree. And you know this, the taller that you go, the longer your roots have to be. The higher you go in the things of God, when he wants to promote you and he wants to take you to higher levels in him and in his kingdom, your roots are going to have to grow deeper. Your roots are going to have to stretch out wider. You're going to have to be so rooted and grounded in the word because Satan comes to steal, kill and destroy. And he doesn't want to just take out you. He wants to take out everyone that's under you. So the higher you go, the more he's going to try and take you out. But that's not to scare you. It says in Colossians 2.15, he disarmed principalities. He disarmed every every devil yeah. from ever trying to harm you. Luke 10, 19, nothing shall by any means harm you because he's given you his authority. Amen? Amen? And so that's not to scare you, but what it is to say is that you need deep roots. Yeah. And the good thing is that's not hard. Amen. It's not hard. Amen. 
The good thing is, if you take the word and you meditate on it till it becomes so real and alive to you that you're walking in it every day and you're, you're quoting it, it's coming out your mouth, which we're going to get to that, and you're acting on that word and you're a doer of that word, it says, blessed is the, they that do the word in James chapter 1. Blessed only if you're a doer. If you're here only, you're deceiving yourself. And so this is the type of person where they come in, they hear the word and they get excited about it, but the slightest of wind comes and they stumble. What does it say? Thank you for doing the words, Colleen. Uh, it says here that uh, persecution arises for what? Persecution arises for what? The word's sake. The word's sake. Yeah. It's because of the word. Satan does not want the word inside of you. You think that it's just happenstance that these things are happening? No, 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 no. Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And when it says steal, kill, and destroy, and this is John chap- uh, chapter 10, verse 10, When it says steal, kill, and destroy, you know, this doesn't just mean he comes to steal. He's taking your belongings. He's coming to steal your joy. He's coming to steal your peace. He's coming to steal your health. He's He's coming to kill relationships. He's coming to destroy what you built up for the kingdom of God. He wants to, I mean, throw ministers' reputations to the ground. He tries. I mean, this is his schemes. This is his schemes. But the thing is, he may have came uh, to, to still kill and destroy, but God has come and given us abundant life. Jesus has given us abundant life. And this abundant life triumphs over every scheme of the devil. The thing is, if you get such a revelation that on the inside of you, sin nature has been taken out and replaced by God nature. If you can get a revelation of this, it will solve all your problems. All of them. Absolutely. It actually will, because everything that's a consequence of sin, uh, sickness is a consequence of sin, poverty is a consequence of sin, all of these consequences are from sin. And if you take care of the root of sin, you take care of the fruit of sin, which is sickness, disease, poverty, all of these things of darkness. Jesus came and he took care of the root system so that your fruit would be that of the kingdom of God. Amen. And so since your sin nature has been taken out and replaced with this God nature, you can actually walk around and say, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Nothing, nothing shall by any means hurt me. Satan can't have my business. He can't have my family. He can't have my life. can't have my health. I have God nature. I have the nature of God. And I want to, I would love to preach on this and I will in the future, I'm sure. In the Old Testament where it says that ye are gods, ye are children of the most high God. And it's a lowercase g there. And that talks about you being the child of the most high God makes you a God on this earth. When it says uh, lowercase g, all right, nobody come at me. You know what I'm saying? Um, it says actually in the word that Jesus is the king of kings. And when it says king of kings there, he's talking about us. He's the king, capital K, of us lower K kings. And lord of lords, lowercase l, lords. We lord on the earth. We have dominion on the earth. So when Jesus came and he took you out of the curse and brought you into the blessing, he brought you back to the same level that Adam and Eve walked in. Full dominion on the earth. Two realms, they walked both in heaven and in earth. Heaven and earth were one in the Garden of Eden. And this is how you're supposed to walk on this earth. Yeah. It's supposed to be heaven. Everywhere you are, there's heaven. Amen. Heaven and earth together as one. This is what was restored to you by righteousness. Man, I'm taking off. Let's get back to Mark chapter 4. So persecution arises and they immediately stumble because they don't have root in their righteousness. They don't have root of who they are in Christ. What happens is circumstances come and they get blown with every wind. Every circumstance, every wind of doctrine, they get blown around. So we talked about that last week. Now we're going to talk about 
talk about the uh, last type of soil here. Verse 18, now these are the ones sown, oh no, no, sorry, one more first. These are the ones sown on uh, thorns, they're the ones who hear the word. This is what we talked about last week. The cares of the world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the desires for other things entering in choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. For so this kind of ground, this kind of person, is someone who has gotten in the word, and it's good. Maybe they started walking with the Lord. They've been uh, maybe seeing some things come to pass. But the thing is, it's just like an old friend. If you have a friend that you were really close, but after you have difference of interests and different desires, different plans, you start shifting, and then you realize you're not really close to friends anymore, right? Whenever your desire, whenever your, your plans for other things come up and become greater than the Word of God, whenever, and, and, and this doesn't have to be sin necessarily. I want to point out to you that desires are not wrong. Riches aren't wrong. This is talking about the deceitfulness of riches. We're not going to get super deep into that. But riches itself are not wrong. Desires are not wrong. But the thing is, if you allow those things to take place of the word of God, you won't be sustained. Other things don't have the capacity to be first place. Other things don't have the quality of the word. This is the only thing that has the capacity to be first place and sustain you. Nothing else has the capacity to take first place in your life and you'd be able to be sustained from it. This is the only thing that will sustain you if it's first place. So the thing is, I'm going to tell you this morning, if you place family, family time, whatever, above this time, time with God, time with the Word, you're out of order. If you take business time, and I'm sure God is blessing you in your business. Amen. If, you're so, if you're sowing, you know, and you're a doer of the word, then your business is blessed. Amen. It's not wrong. Amen. God wants you to prosper. It act, the Bible actually talks about in the Old Testament, multiple streams of income. However, if that takes first place, you're out of order. Sure. Anything that takes the place of what God should be in your life. I'll tell you this. This is Jesus. Jesus is the word made flesh. Jesus is the word. The, the, the place that you place the word of God in your life is where you place Jesus in your life. So if the word is not first in your life, Jesus is not first in your life. Yeah. And that's a, that might be a quote unquote hard truth for some people, but it needs to be known. Maybe your toes need to be stepped on because that's what will create change. Yeah. And so this uh, type of soil here are those who let the things of the world enter in and they end up not bearing fruit either. So they got past Satan immediately taking it. They got past being joyful and and, uh, uh, tribulation or trial coming. They got past that. But now, it's just the things of life. The things, the natural things have come in and taken the place of the word. So the first two have to do with Satan. The first one says Satan immediately stole the word. The second one says trials and tribulations, which is from Satan. To steal the word, it says, for the word's sake. But this third type is not from Satan. This third type has to do with your uh, priorities and your life, your life choices. And so if the word of God is not very first, 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 first place, I'm talking, I talked about this another week. When you, uh, uh, as the world would say, fall in love with someone, we know it's a choice. It's who you're thinking about, what you're meditating on, right? If, uh, uh, if there's someone that you just, you just adore them, you're thinking about them all the time. Jesus. 
Amen. Amen. You're thinking about him all the time. Amen. He's in your heart all the time. You get excited. You want to talk to him. If you get like this with the word, if you allow the word to be your love, your first love, then you won't have no problem bearing fruit. Amen. You'll have no problem in your walk. We'll be able to see that God is first because we'll see that you're bearing fruit. Yeah. Amen. It says in Psalm chapter one, it's the tree that's planted by the rivers of living water. That's the one that bears fruit in its season. And its leaf shall not wither and whatever it does shall prosper. And so that's the one that bears fruit. The one that's planted by the rivers of living water. The one that gets its nutrients from the word. Amen. So the Bible uh, talks about the word being seed, but it also talks about the word being water. And that's how you water the seed is with more word. You put more word on top of the word and you get uh, fruit. So that was last week talking about that type of soil. Now we're getting into the fourth type of soil. Excited. Yes. Good soil. Verse 20. These are the ones sown on good ground. Those who hear the word, accept it and bear fruit. Some 30 fold some 60, and some 100. So what I want to point out right now is that in all of these cases, the word was exactly the same. The seed, it was the same seed. The same seed, just different ground. The incorruptible word of God is the incorruptible word of God. No matter who you are, no matter where you are, no matter what you do, the word is power. The word is Jesus. The word is alive. The word is incorruptible seed. The word will produce. Seed always produces if it's in good ground. So you know that you can be in a service and two different people can hear the exact same message preached, can hear the exact same word, but the quality of the soil of their heart will depict what they're going to do with that word. Either that word is going to go in they're going to go home and they're going to keep watering it and they're, we're going to see them walking in it. They're the ones that come in this church and over time you start seeing them, I mean, just taking off. You start seeing them walking in the things of God. You start seeing their families change. And uh, this is when word gets in good soil and that person goes home and waters it and waters it and waters that word. How do you water the word? By hearing that word again and hearing that word again and hearing that word again. You're watering the seed that was already planted. So in here, what are we doing? What am I doing this morning? What is Pastor Daryl about to do in the next service? We're sowing seed. We're sowing the word into different types of ground. And your ground depends on you. You can decide before you even come to church. I'm going to church. I'm getting the word of God. I'm going to receive all that God has for me. The power of God is flowing here. This is where God has planted me. This is where God told me to be. And so I believe and I trust that the word that's coming from whoever's up here, whether it be Pastor Daryl or myself or or Pastor Justin or Pastor Teresa, whoever it is that's up here preaching, that they must have been ordained by God. And that that word must be for me. Because if God told me to come to this church, then that must mean he's giving a message to whoever's preaching for me. And so if you take if you take in your thought life as you're on the way here or when you wake up, I'm going to the place that God has called me to be to hear the word he's called me to hear. And this word is going to grow up and it's going to produce in my life. And if you have a heart like this, you will be someone who's producing. You're going to be someone who's walking in the fruit. You're going to be someone who sees the things you're praying for come to pass. You're going to be the one that actually is walking in riches and in health and all of these things that the, that the word promises for us. Amen. 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 So this type of uh, 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 ground, the fourth type of ground, is the ground that the incorruptible seed of the word of God actually produces what it says it could produce. Yeah. Now, all of these cases, it's not the seed that was the problem 
in all the other cases. It wasn't the seed that was the problem. It was the ground that was the problem. And the good thing is, the good news is, we don't leave it as, as just that. You don't leave it as just, well, if you're not good ground, oh well. The good news is that you are the, the tiller of your ground. Amen. You're the farmer. You actually can decide what happens with your heart. You can actually decide what happens in your walk of faith. You actually decide if you want to bear fruit or not Amen. by what you do with your soil. Absolutely. Amen. And so it says here uh, that the word of God, those that accept it, for one, you got to accept it first. Second, I mean, what does that mean, accept it? You receive it. Yes. You're receiving the word. The soil that receives the seed it doesn't just kick it back out. It receives the seed. And then it says, um, that's the one that bears fruit. It says 30, 60, and 100 fold. Now, what makes the difference between 30, 60, and 100 fold? How nutrient rich is your soil? How nutrient rich is your soil? So we took care of the other other soils. One of them said has rocks in it, stony ground, or it means it's hard packed dirt, which your heart can be hardened over time. Uh, your heart can be seared because the Lord maybe has, is telling you not to do something or to do something and you didn't do it or you did do it. And disobedience causes your heart to harden over time. And so when something tries to get in, when the word tries to get in, your heart's been hardened to the voice of God. And again, the good news is you can change that today. The good news is everything with the word of God, you can change today. You can make that change right now and you can uh, see all that God has for you. That's the good news of Jesus. Good news always brings hope. Good news always says, but it can be different for you. Good news always brings light when there's darkness. Amen. And so if any, if you ever hear a word and it leaves you without hope or it leaves you without an encouragement for betterment, then that's not actually encouragement of the word of God. The word of God, it, is, it says that prophecy, prophecy, oh man, I'm about to get, I want to stay on track of what I'm saying, but this is powerful. Prophecy means divine utterance, divine utterance. That means you're speaking things of God or divinely uh, guided words. And prophecy, it says, is for exhortation and for comfort, edification, exhortation and comfort. And so prophecy, divine utterance always brings exhortation, edification and comfort. If it doesn't comfort you, edify or exhort you, then it's not divine utterance. Right. Okay? okay. If someone comes to say you're bad, you're bad, which does happen in churches, that's not divine utterance. Jesus came and he said it's good news, not neutral news, not bad news, good news. Amen. Amen. And so this isn't just to, to, to point out to see oh, what kind of soil am I and leave you there. It's to say, how can I become that fourth soil? How can I till my ground? How can I be nutrient rich so that I'm producing the utmost of this? Not just 30, not just 60, but I want 100 fold. Amen. Now, 30 isn't bad. It's better than no fruit. 60 isn't bad. It's better than 30 or better than no fruit. But I want 100 fold return. Amen. Do you want a hundredfold return. Absolutely. This has to do with the nutrients Absolutely. of your soil, which we're going to get into mm-hmm. here in a second. <laughs> Looking at the time. Okay. <laughs> so we've already taken care of the rocks are out, the stony grounds out. We already taken care of the thorns are out, the deceitfulness, the riches, all that. The weeds are out. So we've taken all that out. That's taking out what's bad. But now you have to put in what's good. Yeah. So the thing is, I'm going to give you an example. We know here, Faith and Word Church, right? Word of Faith Church, that uh, we're taught really well here. This is very good. We're taught really well here, and I'm going to even get into it in a second, if I have time, (laughs) about speaking that your faith speaks and acts, but your faith speaks. The thing is, you can get so caught up and don't say what's bad. 
So you could be really good at uh, getting a grip on your lip, Pastor Mark says sometimes, grip on your lip, that you're not saying bad things. You're not cursing yourself. You're not, uh, uh, you know, claiming negative things of yourself, that you're broke, that you're poor, that you're sick. You can be really good at making sure you don't say that. But it's not just not saying what you shouldn't say. It's about saying what the word says, saying what you should say. So if you're only not saying what you shouldn't say, you're just neutral. And you lose by default when you're neutral. That's true. And so the thing is, you might not be cursing yourself, but just the natural things of the world can come in. And like I said, circumstances, how the economy is going, all these things. You don't live by the world standard. You don't live. You have the economy of heaven. You have the life of God in you. And so the thing is, (laughs) you don't have to be swayed by the world system. But it's not from just not saying what you shouldn't say. It's from saying what you should say. It says in Romans chapter 4, verse 17 and on, a couple verses after that, 18, 19, 20. It says that, oh, some of y'all turn in there. I'm going to get there in a second, (laughs) but I'm going to just quote right now. It says that Abraham believed according to what was spoken. And so he spoke also, I'm the father of many nations. This is faith. Now, it doesn't just say Abraham said, I'm not, uh, we're not barren, we're not barren, we're not barren. No, no, no. He said, I'm a father of many nations. I'm a father of many nations. The word of God The word of God, uh, 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 let me use this, Mark 11. He spoke to the mountain, right? Now, the thing is, he told it what he wanted it to do. He commanded out of his mouth, Jesus. He commanded to that fig tree, be plucked up, be removed. Whatever you believe, you receive, you'll have it, right? He's using his words. And so we get so good with using our words to, to, to take out what we don't want. But... Here in Romans chapter 4, it explains to you that God actually spoke into Abraham. He called those things that be not as though they were. He called the things that, right here, who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. So the word of faith is not calling things that do exist as though they don't. I'm going to say that again. The word of faith is not calling those things that do exist as though they don't. It's calling those things that don't as though they did. What does that mean? If there's darkness in a room, you turn on the light and it dries out the darkness. You don't try to take out the darkness. Just turn on the light. You don't have to. You're not the one trying to take out what's bad. You add what's good and it'll drive out the bad. Does that make sense? You don't walk into a room and try to, uh, you know, let's say there's a room in there. Let's say there's just devils in there, right? You don't walk in and try to get, you just bring the light and the devils flee. At the name of Jesus, they run. So you're not trying to empty out darkness. You can't get darkness out. You just bring light and it drives darkness out. So you bring the light. You bring the good. You speak what you want to happen and it'll drive out what's not there. So people might say, oh, you know, uh, well, I can't say that. How do I say this? Some people will walk around, I'm not sick, I'm not sick, I'm not sick, I'm not sick, I'm not sick. No, no, no. What you need to be saying is, I'm healed, I'm healed, I'm healed, I'm the healed, I'm the healed. Say those things that don't exist in the natural as though they did in the natural. Amen. And it will cause those things to, to bring to, to fruition. Yeah. 
It's not calling those things that be as though they don't. It's calling those things that don't as though they are. And so you just take the word of God, the light of the word of God, and it breaks the power. Every darkness has to flee once you turn the light on. You turn the light on and there's not a fight between light and darkness. Never. Light always triumphs over darkness. Always. No matter what. So anytime you don't want darkness, you just turn on the light. You don't try to fight darkness. Just turn on the light. Just bring the light and it has to flee. Darkness has to flee. When healing steps into the scene, sickness leaves. When victory steps onto the scene, every yoke of bondage leaves. Amen. And so you just bring the power of God, which is on the inside of you. It says in Romans 8.11, you don't have to throw it up there. Romans 8.11 said, the same spirit that raised up Jesus from the dead dwells in me, quickens, makes alive my mortal body. Quickens means makes alive. When you know that light drives out darkness, all you have to do is keep turning on light switches. Everywhere you go, you're just bringing the light. Everywhere that you walk, you're bringing the light of God. You're bringing the light of Christ. You're bringing goodness. (laughs) You're bringing life everywhere that you go. The Zoe abundant life of God is inside of you now. So when he took that sin nature, he put in the God nature. What is God nature? Zoe life, abundant life. That's God nature. So everywhere you go, you're bringing life to the situation. Every dead thing, when you walk in, life comes to that situation. Every dead relationship, you come in and bring life into that relationship. Every sick body, you come in and you bring life to those sick bodies. That power is on the inside of you. Amen? And so you're not trying to drive out darkness. You're just turning on a light. Amen? Amen. That's powerful. So... This four type of soil here, in order for you to receive it and to bear that fruit, the seed has to stay in the ground long enough. The seed has to stay in the ground long enough. The seed has to stay in the ground long enough to actually produce something. But the issue is if you're relying on your five physical senses, then every time you plant a seed and you start to water it, you you dig it out to say, is it working? You dig it out to say, is it working? A farmer who digs out every time that they plant something and it starts to grow, it starts budding a little bit, but they can't see it because it's underground. They can't see it because it's where they can't, it's under the ground, which is resembling uh, the spirit realm. The word talks about the ground. It's talking about the spirit realm because it's something you can't see. And so in the spirit realm, it's working. It's producing. And as you water it, it pops up into fruition into the natural realm, which is the realm you can see, which is above the ground. And so the thing is, as you water the word, know that it is producing. Know that it is working whether you see it or not because it is the incorruptible seed. It is the incorruptible word. It in itself holds the power. The, the, the word of God on healing holds the power for healing. The word of God on prosperity holds the power for prosperity. The words are containers for the power of God. The words of healing are containers of the power for healing. Whatever seed you put in is the produce that you will receive you will uh, have, the harvest you'll have, whatever seed you're putting in. And so I've said this other times, other weeks where I was preaching on this, that if you need healing in your body, don't be meditating, don't be all up in revelation. I keep using revelation as my example, but you don't need to be thinking about, you know, all these other subjects if healing is what you need. Why? Because when you're in a patch and you want sunflower, you're not going to plant corn. You're going to plant sunflower seeds. So make sure that you're getting the right seed. This right here is a bag of seeds, all kinds of seeds. So you take, you go to the words and you choose what seeds you want to produce in your life. And when you get those seeds and you plant them in your heart and then you water them with the word, water them with the word, water them with the word, then they'll produce. But if you keep uprooting it to see, is it working? 
Is it working? Is it working? It can't produce. Why? Because you're looking at the natural realm. You're looking at the five physical senses to tell, oh, I, uh, I believe that I'm healed. Oh, can I feel it? Does it feel like it's healed now? Does it feel like it's healed now? You're checking the sense realm to see if it's happening in the spiritual realm. Yeah. Believe that you've received it, Mark chapter 11. If you believe that you have already received it, then you shall have it. Amen. You have to believe that you already received it before the having it in the natural. You have to believe that you already received it where? In the spirit realm before you see it manifest in the natural realm. If you don't believe it before you see it, you won't see it. This is why Thomas, whenever he came and he said, uh, or the disciples, they were, they were meeting together. I used this example in youth the other day. Um, that the disciples were meeting together after Jesus had risen. And so he stayed 40 days on the earth and showed many infallible proofs, the word says. And so he's, uh, he walks in the wall. He walks in through the wall. Well, it just says he didn't come in through a door. So we don't necessarily know it's a wall, but, you know, he just popped up. He didn't use a door. And so he pops up and his disciples are there minus Thomas. And they see him, oh, my Lord, this is awesome. Next time, Thomas is now with them. Jesus isn't in there. This is another day. Thomas is with them. And they start telling, Thomas, Jesus appeared to us. I'm telling you, he came back from the dead. What he said is true. He, I'm telling you. And Thomas says, until I see the print of the nails in his hands, and until I place my hand in his side, I will by no means believe. So then Jesus, who wasn't there at the moment, he pops up. <laughs> He pops up and he says, Thomas, now Jesus heard the words that Thomas said, even though he wasn't there. If Jesus heard the words of unbelief, do you not think he hears the words of faith? Jesus pops up and he says, Thomas, put your hand in the, uh, place your finger on the print of the nails. Put your hand in my side and be not unbelieving, but believe. He puts his hand and he says, my Lord and my God. And then he says to him, you believe because you've seen it. Blessed. Blessed are those who believe, although they haven't seen it. Blessed. When you believe, although you don't see it in the natural realm, you're actually putting faith in God. You don't need any faith for something you can see right then. You don't need any faith for something that's already happening in the natural. Faith is the hand that receives and pulls something from the spirit realm into the natural. If it's already in the natural, you don't need to use your faith for it. It says in the word of God, hope, uh, if you see hope, what is hope? There's no need of hope is what the word talks about. And so the thing is, you don't need it if you already see it in the natural realm. So the arena of faith is the arena in which you're believing for something you're not seeing in the natural. So let this encourage you because oftentimes if you're not seeing it happen in the natural, you think nothing's happening. But it's under the, it's in the soil. It's in the spirit realm. And if you keep watering it and you keep watering, it will pop up in the natural realm. It will. It has to. The word of God says it will. So that means it's true. The word endures forever. The word of God doesn't fail. He doesn't lie. The word says that God be true let every man be a liar yes. so anything that comes up and says oh that didn't work my aunt was believing that and she died or whatever the word of God doesn't consider other people's experiences Amen. the word of God trumps experiences the word of God dominates over over any other testimony because you're either going to believe the testimony of the Lord or you're going to believe others testimonies yeah. and anything that doesn't agree with the word of God must be a lie Amen. it must be a lie yeah. it must be a lie she must not have been believed she must not have been watering she must all 
all I know is that this has to be true. Yeah. Because if I'm saved, if I'm believing on Romans 10, 9, and 10 that I'm saved, I have to believe that 1 Peter 2, 24, Isaiah 53, and Galatians 3, 13 is true. Amen. I have to believe that if I'm saved, I'm healed. I have to believe that if I'm saved, I have victory. I have to believe it. Because if one thing is true, it's all true. But if one thing's a lie, it's all a lie. Yeah. All of it's a lie. Even Jesus said, those who do the law, if you break it in one thing, you broke the whole law. Well, I'm going to use the same example with the word of God. If one thing is true, the whole thing is true. But if one thing is a lie, the whole thing's a lie. And so if you can't believe that you're healed by the word, then you can't believe you're saved by the word. If you can't believe that you're processed by the word, you can't believe you're even saved. Makes sense. If one thing is true, it's all true. One thing fails, it all fails. That's why the word of God, he said it endures forever. It lasts. It's incorruptible. See, not one thing in here is wrong. Not one thing in here works for one person, but doesn't work for someone else, according to the seed. It can work for someone else, someone else according to your heart, your faith, your soil. But when it comes from him, he's not a respecter of persons. He's not a respecter of persons. If someone else can walk in it, you can walk in it. But you have to do what they did. I'll say this. People say, oh, I have the blessing of Abraham. And that's true. Galatians 3.14, that is true. You do have the blessing of Abraham. But if you want to see, let's say, in the area of prosperity, let's, see, let's say in the area of riches, if you want to see what Abraham saw, it says he was, he was uh, rich in livestock and cattle and in silver and gold. If you want to walk in what Abraham walked in, you got to do what Abraham did. Yes. Abraham was a sower. Abraham tithed, it said it. Abraham gave. If you don't do the principles, you can't have the fruit of those principles. Right? <laughs> That's powerful. So you got to keep the word uh, in long enough. Hebrews 10.35. You got to keep the seed of the word inside the ground for long enough and keep watering it and it shall produce. It shall produce. Hebrews 10.35. I want to encourage you with this. Therefore, do not cast away your confidence. When you put that seed in the ground and you've been watering that seed, do not cast away your confidence. Do not, after some time, it's been a couple weeks, so uh, it must not work for me. It's not, it must not be true. Uh, I must be doing something wrong. I'm going to just throw this away. That's casting away your confidence. That's saying, oh, I believed it, but now that I haven't been seeing it, my faith has like kind of been dwindling. And the thing is, that comes in by unbelief. Unbelief comes in through the five physical senses. So if you allow the five physical senses to rule you, you're going to cast away your confidence. Therefore, do not cast away your confidence, which has what? Great reward. If you don't cast away your confidence, if you keep watering that seed in faith, I believe it. It doesn't matter what it looks like in the natural because I know it's taking place. I know it's happening for me. And so my faith says I call it to fruition now. I call it above the dirt now. And if you believe that and you keep watering that word, it says you'll have great reward. Great reward. But so many people aren't looking to the reward. So many people aren't looking to the fruit of what they're going to have. They're, they're looking at their circumstances right now. And so if a farmer plants and he's been watering, he comes out to his field and it's not time for harvest. And he goes out there and all he sees is dirt. And he goes off, oh, forget it, and sells his land and, and, and goes off somewhere else. Someone else is going to reap the harvest and comes and gets that land. Because it's already taking place. It's happening. Don't cast away your confidence. Yeah. Don't let go of that word. If God gave you a word for you, for your child, for whatever your situation is, for your circumstance, for your body, if God gave you a word, he is obligated to perform it. Yeah. But the only way that it's going to take place is by your faith. Amen. 
So don't cast away your confidence. Don't let go of your faith because you aren't seeing it in the natural. It is happening for you. It's happening in the spirit realm. Your faith is confirming that it's happening in the spirit realm. Amen. So he said, don't cast away your confidence. It has great reward. Verse 36, for you have need of what? Endurance. Or in this translation is, yeah, endurance. But in another translation, I think uh, KJV says patience. Do not cast away your confidence. It has great reward. For you have need of patience or endurance. So that after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise. That you may receive the promise. The thing is, endurance is what's needed for a long race. Short, short race, sprints, you don't need, people who sprint aren't working on their endurance, they're working on their speed. Those who work on endurance are in it for the long run, the long haul. This faith walk or run <laughs> is, a long, is the long run. It's cross country, it's not short sprint. You got to work on your endurance, on your patience. You got to work on, it says through faith and patience we inherit the promises. Through faith and patience. And so I'm bringing that up because there's two things. In the, in the faith realm, we say, because we know Hebrews 11:1 1 says, now faith. Faith is now. We know it's now. We believe it now. Yes. The thing is, if you don't see it in the natural yet, you need patience. You need to hold on to that thing. Hold fast. It says, hold fast to the, the confession of your faith. That's Hebrews uh, 10:23. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope or your faith without wavering. For he who promises faithful, you don't waver. You don't waver. He who promises faithful. You hold fast to that con- confession. What does that mean hold fast? It's like fasten a seatbelt. Yes. Tight. Hold on to it. Hold on to that thing with all that you can. Why would it say hold fast to it if something wasn't trying to pull it out your hands? If, if things weren't trying to yank it out of your hand? You hold fast to something. You hold on to it super, super tight. Why? Because something's going to try to take, that, take your grip off of it. Something's going to try to make you loose it. But the thing is, I'm telling you good news right now. Satan doesn't have the power nope. to take it out your hand. Nope. All he has is deception. So if he can get you to let go, Dang. if he can get you to let go of the promise, then that's when he, can, he knows that he can cause you to not have to have a, a fruitless life, right. an unproductive life, to have no, no fruit of the promises of God. So the thing is, Satan cannot get your grip off of the confession of your faith. Satan cannot make you loose it, but he can deceive you and make you let go of it. That's the whole thing. If you have that mindset, you'll understand everything in the word when it comes to Satan. The thing is, he can't, he can't destroy you. He can't come in and steal and kill. What he can do is deceive you what he can do is try to get you to permit him. He doesn't actually have the power to do it. Yeah. You have the power over your own life. But if you give it to him, you permit him, you let him. Okay, uh, I guess I must be sick. I guess I must be. I'm just broke. I'm telling you. I can't do that. What do you think I am? You think money grows on trees? What do you think? Uh, my family's always been like that. We ain't never had money like that. You keep talking like that. You're saying, Satan, you have permission. You have permission. Steal, kill, and destroy. I'm giving it to you. I'm letting you. The thing is, if there's a cop in the room, he has the authority. He has the badge. He has the gun or whatever. He has the taser. He got all the things he needs. All right, dunamis power. We talked about that another week, if you remember. The difference between dunamis and excusia. Okay, he has all the power that he needs, all the authority he needs. But if he sits down and the bad guys come in and he just lets them have their way, he has all the power. He has the authority. He can get up and do something about it. 
but he's just letting them come in. That's what happens when, it says in Luke 10, 19, behold, I've given you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions over all the power of the enemy. I have given you that power. Yeah. I have already given it to you. Yes. But if you sit down and let him come still kill and destroy, that's on you. That's he actually doesn't have the power to, meaning the authority. He actually doesn't have the jurisdiction. He doesn't have jurisdiction in your life. But if you're not upholding that, you're just letting him come in and do whatever he wants, which a lot of Christians do without, without knowing. Sometimes they think it's God doing it. <laughs> Read the word. <laughs> so if you give him permission, then he, can, he still can destroy. But he doesn't actually have the power or the authority to do it. Okay, so if you keep that seed in the ground long enough, it'll produce a harvest for you. But for that seed, uh, for that soil to, to get hundredfold, I mean, the, the most fruit that you could get from it, then you, your soil has to be nutrient rich. And so I want to go to, what do I want to go to? Let's go to 2 Peter. Let's go to 2 Peter chapter 1. I was looking at this the other day, and this caught my eye, so I'm going to share it with y'all. Amen. <laughs> so nutrient-rich soil is a soil that uh, feeds its faith. Nutrient-rich soil is a soil that doesn't just hear it once, but allows the watering of the word to come in. The watering, the watering, the watering, right? It says in Second uh, Peter 1, I'm going to read, oh man, it's like the whole chapter here. <laughs> I'm going to read verse 12, yeah, to 13. And then I'll just give you like the rundown of what he's talking about so we don't have to read the whole chapter. Okay, all the verses before it, I mean. So uh, Peter says, for this reason, I will not be negligent to remind you of these things. These things that he's talking about is everything that God has given you through Jesus. So you're in Christ realities. So I'm going to shorten it because of time to just tell you that's what he's talking about. Okay? Okay. For this reason, because if you're a doer, you're going to get fruit from the in Christ realities. So he says, for this reason, I'm not going to be negligent to remind you always of these things. Though you know and are established in the present truth. Why am I bringing this up? Peter is talking here to Christians, to Jew, they're Jewish Christians, to Christians. And what he's saying here is, I know that you know and you're established in this truth. I know that you know it, is what he's saying here. I know you know this truth. And not only do you know it, you're established in it. You probably teach it yourself. You probably have a home group yourself. Or, you, you, know, you know, maybe you're in children's church and you teach it. Whatever. And maybe you, you, you uh, show this to your family or you preach or whatever it is this. You're established in it. He said, I know it. I know you, you have truth. I know you're established in it. Verse 13. Yes, I think it is right as long as I'm in this tent. Talking about the physical body here on this earth. His earth suit. As long as I'm here in this earth suit, my natural body. I'm going to stir you up by reminding you. I'm going to stir you up by reminding you. The verse before says, I know you know this and are established in it. But I, this verse says, I think it's right to stir you up by reminding you. You need to be reminded. It's not going off into all these other categories. It's the basics of the word. But going over them and going over them. Because meditation brings revelation. Yes. And the thing is, you can have a certain level of revelation on something, but there's more to be had. Right. There's more to walk in. There's more abundance for you to walk in. Amen. There's more for you to walk in. And so if you cast that off, oh, I've heard that before, you cap yourself off right there. Right 
You cap yourself up off at that level of finances. You cap yourself off at that point of wherever your health is or whatever. You're capping yourself off at whatever promise it is by saying, oh, I've heard that before. But he says, I don't care. I know you know this truth and I know you're established in it, but I'm going to stir you up. What happens when you don't stir something up? Let's say it's a drink. What happens to the, if you have a drink that has different things in it? What happens? Like, that was the word I was looking for. Thank you, sir. <laughs> I didn't even get there yet. You preaching now. <laughs> like strawberry lemonade, for example. <laughs> you don't stir that thing up. All the little seeds, the little strawberries, they're going to fall together. They're going to settle. It's going to settle. If you don't stir something up, it'll settle. Your faith, your confidence for something can start to settle. And when your faith starts to settle, you start to settle for things. You start to settle and be okay with normal levels, neutral levels. Yeah. You start to settle for not what the word says you can have. You start just settling for what the world says you can have. You start settling with what the economy says you can have. You start settling for the house the economy says you can have. You start settling for the health that the world says you can have. Well, you, okay, what, it may not be something major, but what about these allergy pills? And what about these whatever other something else pills and this? And it's not that bad but here's some cough medicine but you're not like super sick but it's just like you know it's seasonal it's seasonal this is what everyone does no it's not because we're a part of a different kingdom Amen. we're a part of a whole other realm yeah. and you might not be able to see it but I'm walking in it I'm walking in the spirit Amen. right yes. that's the goal we're trying to attain we want to be just like Jesus Jesus walked in this realm yeah. Jesus walked in the kingdom of heaven here on this earth. Amen. And that's what we're doing. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Amen. So he said, I'm going to stir you up by reminding you because I'm not going to let that settle in you. Actually, later on, you don't have to pull it up. Actually, you can. Verse 15. I just want to drive this point in so much. Oh, I'm about to have to close. Whew. Okay. He said, moreover, I will be careful to ensure that, uh, that you always have a reminder of these things even after I die. Mm-hmm. He said, even after I'm dead. Even after I'm deceased, I'm going to make sure he already put things in order. He wrote a letter so you keep seeing it. He probably spoke to elders and bishops. He probably let other people know and produced himself and other people, multiplied himself so that they would go on and keep telling people of this and stir them up. He said, it's so important that I actually ensured that even when I die, you'll still be reminded. Amen. That's powerful. He said, I'm going to stir it up by reminding you. I'm reminding you this morning. Stir up. Stir up your faith. Don't cast away your confidence. Don't let go of what God has said to you. Whether it be a personal rhema word or whether it be this word of God right here, logos, which becomes rhema as you meditate on it. But that's a message for another day. Take the information, make it meditation, and it will become revelation for you. Amen? Amen. That's powerful. So this fourth type of soul, i got to wrap it up and give the offering message. Uh, 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 we're probably just going to pray over the offering. Praise God. Uh, <laughs> is that this fourth, fourth type of soil is a nutrient-rich soil, one that is stirred up in your faith, one that lays hold, lays hold to the word of God, waters it by putting more word in. Don't just say, I read that scripture. Every morning, wake up. If you're believing for healing, read 1 Peter 2.24, Isaiah 53, and Galatians 3.13 every morning. I'm talking about not just in the morning. I mean, how many times do you eat? If you eat three times a day, I'm telling you, put the word of God in you three times a day. David, uh, Daniel, he prayed three times a day. Was it David or was it Daniel? Did I just mess that up? Prayed three times a day. Three times a day. And that's just, that's just, that's like minimum. Obviously the word talks about praying without ceasing, praying the Holy Ghost, right? But what I'm trying to get to you is that when you make this word of, this word right here more important to you than your natural food, your natural bread, then it'll produce for you. 
then you'll be part of that person who gets a hundredfold. If you meditate in the word, you'll be the one who's getting the hundredfold harvest. Amen. Not just 30, not just 60, not just settling, but getting all that God has for you. Amen. So be that good type of soil. Prepare your heart beforehand. Believe and speak whatever the word of God says. Agree with God. Amen. Agree with God. Father, thank you for this service. Thank you for this morning. Thank you for this awesome privilege it has been to, to, to teach this whole month, to teach on your precious word, your incorruptible seed of the word of God, to teach on the seed of the word. Father, I thank you that each and every person here this morning is making a decision to be that good soil, making a decision to keep watering that word no matter what it looks like above ground, for they know that it's producing a harvest. They know that it's growing in the spirit realm, and they're calling it by their faith into the natural realm. Father, I thank you that this is nutrient-rich soil hearts here this morning. I thank Thank you they're stirred up. I thank you that you gave me the privilege to stir them up by reminding them, like it says in 2 Peter, reminding them and stirring them up by this word. Father, I thank you in the name of Jesus that I call every person here bearing fruit, and I see them walking in the harvest in the name of Jesus. Lord, we thank you for this morning, and we thank you that as those come up to sow the seed, that this is a physical representation of what's happening in the spirit realm. That as they walk up and they put their physical money into this uh, 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 offering bowl, whatever you call this, <laughs> that it's actually representing that they're taking the seed of the prosperity word and they're sowing it in their hearts and it's going to reap a harvest. For you look at the heart of man. And so, Father, I thank you as they sow this seed this morning. I call them to a hundredfold blessing, hundredfold return. I thank you, Father, they're walking in all that you have for them. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. 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 Glory. Praise God. Jesus is Lord. Man, I want to keep going, y'all. I got to. That's my last week. Next is going to be Pastor Justin. It's going to be teaching on the door to the supernatural. So, amen. Make sure you keep coming. <laughs> we hope you enjoyed this message by Word of Life Church. We just wanted to let you know there's a lot more content on our website at wolapopka.com. From our YouTube channel, to our podcast, to our SoundCloud, and many more events. We also wanted to let you know that we love giving you these messages. And it helps us too that if you would love to give to the what we're doing, it helps keep all these messages free. You can just simply go to our website and click the big Give Now button. Or you can text 407-955-5345. And remember... Our pastor's vision is this, we grow Christians. So we thank you for listening and we'll see you next time.